Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Prayer is simply this, a two-way conversation with a loving God. It's simply talking and listening to God. Remember, James also taught us sometimes we don't have a solution to our trouble because we don't pray. Remember, our God is supernatural. Nothing is impossible with God. And when we do pray, it always has to be in His will, what He wants. We don't pray, God, here's kind of the way I think this is going to work out. Would you just kind of orchestrate it for me? No. We want His will. Every one of us has fallen into the category of those who are in trouble at some point in our lives. Rather than panic, the Apostle Paul tells us, don't worry about anything, but rather pray about everything. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us about the importance and power of prayer. In our study, we'll discover how prayer is great for courage, guidance, wisdom, and healing. Whether we're sick, discouraged, or simply feeling lost, Pastor Mark encourages us to seek the Lord for our needs through prayer and supplication. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 13, with part one of his message entitled, The Power and Wide Influence of Prayer. If you've had ever had a broken bone, a surgery, a cut, a stitch or two, a cold or pneumonia, would you raise your hand on all the campus? I covered everybody, didn't I? By the way, what, you say, well, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? You've experienced divine healing. What? Yeah, I'm going to teach you about it. You know, that's a confusing subject, healing. Does God heal today? Doesn't he heal? Does he heal everybody? How does it work? Well, we're going to clear up that confusion this morning. James is speaking to us about it. Let's look at James chapter 5, verse 13, just the first part. Is any one of you in trouble? He should, she should pray. The key focus on verse 13 all the way to the end of the book of James is one thing, prayer. It's not studying about prayer, it's actually praying. And it's interesting because back in this day, you remember James is writing this to churches. He is the half-brother of Jesus. He had a nickname in those days. His nickname was Camel Knees. And that's because if you've ever ridden a camel, their knees are funky. He prayed so much that his knees became calloused, and he was called camel knees. So he knows what prayer is all about, and we're going to learn a lot from him. Now, notice that first part of that verse if you're in trouble. Well, every one of us fit that from time to time. Paul wrote the solution to it, Philippians 4. 
Don't worry about, say it with me, anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't, nothing, no, don't worry. Pray everything, everything. Then what happens? What is prayer? It's telling God what you need and then thanking him for all he's done. Notice the response. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. doesn't make sense to us. In the middle of trouble, I can still be that way. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Don't complicate prayer. Prayer is simply this, a two-way conversation with a loving God. It's simply talking and listening to God. Remember, James also taught us, sometimes we don't have a solution to our trouble, because we don't pray. Remember, our God is supernatural. Nothing is impossible with God. And when we do pray, it always has to be in his will, what he wants. We don't pray, God, here's kind of the way I think this is going to work out. Would you just kind of orchestrate it for me? No, we want his will. Now, some people always say to me, Professor Mark, I pray, but God doesn't answer. Oh, he answers. You just didn't get the answer you wanted. Now, here's how he answers. Notice, yes, No. Actually, sometimes no is better than the last one. Wait, because we're trying to figure out what's he doing. Well, as you see those three, remember we had a bracelet a few years ago with that on it. James is going to teach us about the power of praying and the influence, how it affects every aspect of our life. Six different circumstances. I'm going to give you four of them today and two the next time we finish. Now, when you were created... You were created a triune being. That simply means this. Body, soul. It's your mind and your will and emotions. And of course, spirit. The real you, the real part of you that's going to live forever is your spirit. So James is going to talk about how God heals us in every one of those ways. He's going to heal us in every single one of those ways. Look at verse 13 again. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. First key to write down at all of our campuses this morning, those of you watching online, pray when there is trouble. Well, Pastor Mark, what kind of trouble? Physical, emotional, relational, friends, marriages, and of course, spiritual. We learned last week that that's what life is. It's just filled with ups and downs. And we mentioned some troubles last week, hardships, disappointments, tragedies, rejection, fear, persecution, conflict, injustice, financial marriage, and family troubles. Those are kind of all the deal. Well, how should I pray when I'm facing those things? How should I pray? Well, there's two ways that you want to pray. Write it down this morning, and you'll see how that fix. I should pray simply, watch, number one, for strength to endure. You say, Pastor Mark, like, I don't think that's what I want. I want God. You know, when we're going, when we're facing with the trouble, uh, it's right in front of us, how many would like to have God say, okay, there's a quick detour around that? Well, how many say, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it me. The rest of you are crazy. You're crazy. Say, oh, I'm going to go right through it. Yeah, right. Well, to be honest, sometimes God takes us through it. So I need to pray for, to endure. He, he's teaching me something. Maybe you're in right in the middle of it today and say, God, I want out of this. He says, oh, it's coming. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. And the other one is pray for God's solution. 
So it's both of those. God, if you want me to stay in it, help me to endure, man, because I'm ready to throw in the towel. If you don't want me to stay in it, but you, you want a solution right now, I second the motion. I'll take it. Just give me that detour around it so I don't have to go through. I don't know how God answers, but he will tell you one of those two things. So that's how we are to pray. Now, when you see the last part of verse 13, it goes from trouble to actually blessings, to joy. Look at it. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Here's the second key you want to write today. I not only pray when I'm in trouble, but I pray or praise, same thing, when things are good. When things are good. So we have this trouble time, I'm to pray. When things are going fantastic, I praise. As I'm speaking to you in Melbourne and Sebastian and Vieira and online and around the crazy world as everybody's watching, you're in one of those two conditions. You're either in trouble today, Solution, pray. You're just as happy as you'd ever been. Things are just perfect. Praise. Now, why would James say, if things are good, why does he remind us to praise? Isn't that a natural? No, it isn't a natural. Do you pray more when you're in trouble or when things are good? Tell me. You already know. When things are bad, oh, God! When things are good, uh... Uh, oh God, thanks a lot. So that's why he does it. See, that's the covering of life. That's the wide circumstance of all of our lives. We very easily, when, it's, when we're, if things are prosperous, good times, we forget about God. What does praise sound like? Look at Psalm 150. And when we get to the end, and you see that in yellow, right at the end, I want to set all our campuses to shout it out to the Lord. Here we go. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Where are we? In his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. He's there listening to us this morning. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him for his unequal greatness. We just sang it. There's no God like our God. Let everything that breathes. Anybody next to you breathing this morning? If not, we have 911 people right here. Let, let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Here we go to all of our campuses. Here we go. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's why we're here. We're to praise the Lord. By the way, realistically, we should praise the Lord when it's bad and when it's good. Remember Paul and Silas in the prison? They were singing praises to our God. Now, we come to... Confusion as we hit verse 14. Here we go. Is any one of you sick? He should call for the elders of the church to pray over him, obviously her, and anoint him or her with oil in the name of the Lord. This is the third thing you want to write here in Melbourne, Sebastian Vieira, you guys online. We pray when there is a physical sickness in our body. Now notice what this challenge is. It requires a couple of amazing things. When a person is sick, they are to humble themselves and admit, first of all, that they are sick. There's something wrong with me. And second, then they're to go and ask the elders, which simply means the spiritual leaders of the church, to pray. Now, why do I say you need humility? Because all of us are pretty proud. 
And one of the things we get prideful in is our health. Now, unless you're a hypochondriac, then you love being sick. That's another whole situation we'll pray for later. But most of us, you you look at a person and say, I'm healthy as a horse, man. Look at me, you know. And and we're prideful. So the very first thing when I'm sick, and, and don't look funny because all of us get sick. You'll see that in a moment. Then I can't be prideful. I ain't going to the mailers to have somebody pray over me. What, you think I'm crazy? No, you have to humble yourself and say, I need help. And you go to the elders and you admit it and you ask for God to heal you. Now, understand, this is another benefit. Look at verse 14. You see the word church. This is another benefit of being part of a church family. Actually, the church in many ways, is a hospital. And we're here to be healed physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. We are here as a a representative of God to heal us, to take care of us. Now, that's huge. People that don't belong to a church, they cannot obey this commandment from James. They don't know the elders. They don't know anybody in the church. So they just try to do life on your own. As I shared with you a few weeks ago, it's very important you understand there's a reason that Jesus died for the church. This is one of them. You have the privilege. Every month on Tuesday nights, the elders and their wives pray at all of our campuses. And you can get in line from six, and sometimes they're there for two or three hours as the people are there. Because you're going to see today, we respond to this particular need. Now, one of the questions you might have is this. Call for the elders. Well, the elders are people that, from Timothy and Titus, that's the qualifications. Every pastor that we have here is an elder. We're not special people. That's just our role. And you'll see in a moment that when we pray, it isn't the person that gets you healing. We pray to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. What is the name of Jesus? It represents who he is and his power. It isn't man. Now, some of you might say, well, you mean if I'm sick, the only resort I have is really to come to the elders? No, it's just one of those. You can certainly pray for yourself. Any of you ever prayed for yourself? For sure you have, for sickness. Yeah, God, heal me, whatever, and all those kind of things. And by the way, as you do that, it's biblical, it's fine. Paul would even say, he asked for people to pray for him in the churches. Just pray that I'll remain uh, faithful to God. So that that is not just the elders. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for our families. We can pray for our friends. If you're a parent, guaranteed, at 3 a.m. in the morning when your child woke up and they had a burning fever, you didn't get on the phone and say, which elder's on call? What did you do? You got down on your knees And you prayed. I remember when our daughter, was about two years old, we woke up one morning before we were going to church, she had 106 fever. We put her right in an ice bath and began praying. Now, it wasn't like this. Oh, heavenly fathereth, would you cometh and... uh, No, we're going for it right there, man. So it doesn't have to be an elder. It can be anybody. And later you're going to see that we're actually challenged as people in the church family We're to pray for each other. We'll see that when we get to verse 16. Now, notice, look back at the verse. It says there to anoint with oil. So we get 10W40. (laughs) 
No. What does that mean? Oil is basically, obviously, in the Far East, is, is olive oil. Now, many times in the Bible, the olive oil, they didn't have a lot of medicines. So it was used as a medicine sometimes. But what's it talking about here? It represents mostly spiritually through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So you'll see in a moment, it isn't so, something supernatural. The oil heals you. No, it just represents the power of the Holy Spirit. When people were anointed in the Old Testament, David, when he was anointed, by the way, they just didn't do this. They poured the oil all over them. It's the power. It's kind of this symbolic act of the healing power of God, the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 15 presents problems to us. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. So is that verse saying that every time we pray, every person will be made well? I'll answer that in a moment. Now, to understand this divine healing, first we have to go back and discover the origin of sickness. Let me set it up for you simply. Why are we sick today? Why do we die today? Well, back in the beginning, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created perfect. God's design was never for them to be sick, never actually to die. But he gave them a choice. It's called free will. You can either do life my way, or if you want to disobey me and go to this tree, then there's going to be a consequence. God's speaking to Adam and Eve. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, read it with me out loud, you will surely die. So there's the consequence. Now, there's three kinds of death. Physical death. Spiritual death. And eternal death. Let me explain it to you. What he said to Adam and Eve is... Okay, you were supposed to live forever, you're going to physically die. By the way, every one of you and me are one day going to physically die, except for the rapture. We're going to physically die. Now, Adam and Eve, after they ate that, looked and said, well, that promise didn't come through. Are you alive, Eve? Yeah. How about you, Adam? Yeah, cool, baby. God's wrong. Oh, no, no. They died. Just didn't happen immediately. But something did happen immediately. It's called spiritual death. Spiritual death simply means this. Death is a picture of separation. Here's Adam and Eve. They used to walk with God. Now they're separated because of their sin from God. Some of you here never ask God to come and into your life. You're dead spiritually. Ephesians 2. We were dead in our trespasses. and sin. Oh, you're physically alive, but you're going to die. But spiritually, you're separated from God. Now, if I don't take care of that problem of spiritual death, I will experience eternal death forever. What's eternal death? It means separated from God in hell forever. Now, that was what was facing Adam and Eve. That's why we have sickness in our world. Now, because of all that, you need to see something. When you look at that, I want you to write this down at all our campuses, because if you miss this, you don't understand our world. People today go, what kind of God would allow Ebola? And what are these people chopping heads off? What kind of a God? This is never God. 
So write this down all our campuses. Death, pain, sickness, and disease were never part of God's original plan. That was never in the plan, but man blew it. And because of that, the consequences of the fall, we have all those things. Death, pain, sickness, disease, ISIS, ISIL, chopping heads, killing Christians everywhere. We have that because of sin, the world we live in. Now, keep your finger right there in James and turn back to the book of Matthew, first book of New Testament, all our campuses. Let's watch what Jesus says, Matthew 8, verse 16. And I want you to see this morning that Satan and sin are the cause for sickness and death. We live in a world where Satan rules it. Ultimately, God's over him. But our world is filled with sin. It affects every aspect of the world. People, in fact, Romans 8 says, the earth is groaning. The earth was never meant to have hurricanes, tsunamis, volcanoes exploding. Never. It's groaning. Now watch, watch Satan and sin as Jesus is talked about in verse 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed, there's Satan's role, inhabits people, who were brought to him. And he drove out these evil spirits, watch this, with a word. Not a series of counseling sessions, with one word, leave in the name of Jesus. That's amazing. That's the power of God. And healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and he carried our diseases. So what do you see in that verse? Those people were demon-possessed and needed to be healed physically because Satan and sin are the cause of sickness and death. Not God. We live in a world that is cursed by sin. Now, sometimes we can be responsible for physical things. Not just Satan and sin, but we can be responsible. You know, when you accepted Christ, you became a believer, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. We became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let me share with you how some people can die early. It just came out. A Red Robin restaurants, Red Robin restaurants, they're mostly out west, kind of connected to, they got a great restaurant. Here's their new milkshake, bourbon and bacon. I'm serious. There's a brand, you have to be 21 to have it. It's a bourbon, bacon, a milkshake. These people will die early, not because of Satan, not because of sin, because they're stupid. In today's study with Pastor Mark, we learned about the amazing power of prayer. In our message, Pastor Mark taught us about the multiple applications and benefits that prayer has for us in our walk with the Lord. Whether it's sickness, guidance, or simply in worship and praise, Pastor Mark encouraged us in this message to pray as often as we can. Just as the Word tells us, we have not because we ask not. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 2014-0914, and the title of this message is The Power and Wide Influence of Prayer. Again, today's message number is 2014-0914, and the title of this message is The Power and Wide Influence of Prayer. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark discusses the mystery of divine healing. When some people are radically healed and others have to rely solely on medical science, we can quickly become confused and even skeptical. Well, in our next study, Pastor Mark will address some common questions when it comes to the mystery of divine healing. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Yeah.